Good morning, church. Thank you for joining us this morning. Please stand with me as we come together and worship God through song. Everyone needs compassion, love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a Savior, the hope of nations. Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. The author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. So take me as you find me. All my fears and failures fill my life again. I give my life to follow everything I believe in. Now I surrender. Savior, He can move the my God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. The author of salvation, he rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Savior, He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, he rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Savior, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Please be seated. Good morning. It is good to see you here. Thank you for, for coming out. It's cold out there. It's going to be colder tomorrow. I don't know if you're like me. I, wed the, I, I heard the weather forecast and I expected to get up to 8 degrees and it was 20. So it's like, well, that's, that's even better. That's coming tomorrow. So you get a little snow there and ice and, and we'll deal with it. But glad you're here. You're welcome. I'm glad you're online with us. Some of, the people, some of the people are at home, right? And, and they're sitting on their couch, and, they, and, and they're enjoying worshiping with us. And that's great to have that opportunity, to know that, that we can do that. And some of our sister churches, they just went online today, and they did different things because we now have that capacity. We now have learned how to do that, and um, it, it's, okay, it's great, okay? So we got that. So a couple of announcements to make. I do want to tell you, remember last week I said it would be great if we topped over 3000 for the Lottie Moon offering? Well, actually, I, I, Nick told me, shared with me on 
Friday or Saturday, Saturday I believe it was, um, that we were actually at 3,200 and something. So, very good. So excited about that. Uh, watch the emails because there are things happening towards the end of the month. We'll have a financial peace class, discipleship training class or classes, different opportunities for us to do different things together, to, to get in groups, to learn together, and to come closer to God. So, um, like I said, I'm glad you're here. Vic's standing up here. You online, off, online can't see that, but Vic's here. and He's going to do a special after we get done. I want to pray this morning. And I want to give thanks that we're able to enter into 2022 and want to pray for God to give us direction on how to get through this year because uh, we never know what's coming our way, do we? And so we'll pray that God would give us guidance and we know that whatever comes our way, if we're following God, we're in the right place. We also want to pray for those this year. We want to see people come to know Jesus, right? And we want to pray for that opportunity that we might be able to share and that they might respond to the invitation. So let's go, Lord, and pray. Father, I come to you in prayer this morning. Father, thankful, Lord, that we were able to participate in the Lighting Moon Christmas offering to give to support missionaries. Lord, to know that even at this very hour, Lord, that there are missionaries that are around the globe and they're sharing the gospel. They're bringing light into a dark place. Father, part of that is because we participated and we want to pray for them, Lord. We want to pray for the work that they're doing. Pray, Father, that they would see fruit of their efforts. Father, pray for the people here and, and the issues that they're dealing with, the, uh, the things that, that are burdening their heart and causing anxiety. Father, just pray that you would work in their lives, that they'd see you at work. Father, that you would work through their lives and they'd see that, that the others that are around them would see Jesus in them. Father, I pray that as we come into 2022, that you would give us direction and follow that we would follow. Father, I pray that for each of us, Lord, we'd be praying for that one person that needs to know Jesus and praying for the opportunity. And Father, to respond when you open the door to share the gospel, that we might see that person come to know you as Lord and Savior. Father, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. This song takes me back to many years ago when we were in a small church in a small town in northern Oklahoma where the Lord met me, or I met him, really. And uh, we've been together ever since. Okay?
thank you, Vic, for sharing that with us and for always being one to share your heart and your love for God with us. So please stand with me as we come together once again and praise God through song. Before 
King of kings, oh, come adore our God who reigns forevermore. Crown him the Lord of life, who triumphed o'er the grave and rose victorious in the strife for those he came to save his glories now we sing who died and rose on high who died eternal life to bring and lives that death may die. Majesty, Lord of all, let every throne before him fall, the King of kings, O Commodore, our God who Lord of all, let every throne before him fall, the King of kings, O come adore, our God who reigns forevermore. Majesty. Lord of all, let every throne before him fall, the King of kings, O come adore our God who reigns forevermore. Praise God who reigns forevermore. You're the God who reigns forevermore. Please be seated. Let's go to 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1. That's where we're going to be. You can follow along with your Bibles there. You can follow along in the Bible app. All of the stuff is there. Um, I encourage you, anytime you're in God's Word, take some notes. Okay? Highlight it. Uh, you know, when, when you're talking to people, I was talking to somebody, they had one of their Bibles and it had all the kind of notes and it was about ready to fall apart. And, uh, I, you know, I, have, I keep it on the electronic thing right now, but but I encourage you to do that. As you study God's Word, write things down. Get into it. Dive into it a little bit deeper. Make that one of the things that you try to do this year. You know, when you're making resolutions, uh, try to make that one of the things. I want to ask you a question. How many of you use reminders? How many of you use reminders, right? Okay. And, and it could be the form of a post-it note. 
you know, stuck. I always, I was, when I used to be visiting the truck shops, you'd walk up to their computer out on the floor, and it had so many post-it notes stuck around it, you didn't know which, and they were old ones, you know, because they, they were discolored by now and faded. But they had those things up there on the, on the, around the screen. I suspect you guys used the same. I want to ask, I'm going to just gonna ask a question, and, and I suspect it's somebody online. But did anybody ever, does anybody still use string around their fingers? I mean, I've seen it in a movie, so I'm assuming somewhere online, somebody put string around their fingers. I have an app on the phone, you know, I, I have a calendar on the phone, and that's how I do it. I choose to use a thing that's called reminders, and, and because when it goes, if I set the time, it will go, it will put a red number up there and tell me that I needed to do something. And so that at least forces me to look back at it because I don't like the red numbers. I'm not the guy that has the mail thing with 3,000 emails that are unread, okay? Because I, I like to I like to check that box off. Um, apparently, I don't like red on my screen. So we use reminders. You know, we use reminders. Something that we need to do. Something that we, you know, when you're at the grocery store, you get rem you have reminders of what you're there for, right? Uh, see people shopping, and they're they're carrying around a piece of paper. It's because they came to to Walmart or the grocery store. And they have intentions on getting these things. Because if you don't take a list with you, you go in and you get everything that you don't need and, and then have to go back, right? I remember when we rang at bells at Walmart, we'd see people the same, we'd see the same people within the hour because they came and went and came back. Okay, that they needed better reminders of that. So in the book of 2 Peter, we're going to read this. this. This phrase will come into play a little bit later. I'm writing this, this second letter to you to remind you. To remind you. Because not only do we need reminders about where we need to be, when the doctor's appointment is, not only do we need reminders about what we need at the grocery store or when we're supposed to be to the tire shop to get the tires changed or the oil needs changed, you know, your cars now have a little thing that dings up there, it's time for an oil change. All of those things, we need a reminder about our relationship with Christ. We need a reminder about who we are in Christ. And so, as, as we're going to look at this, and we're going to see in a second that Peter writes this letter for that explicit purpose of getting people, reminding people of the relationship that they have with Jesus and how that's supposed to be working out. And so we're going to see that as we read through this. We're going to read just the first four verses in in First Peter, or Second Peter, excuse me, Second Peter, chapter one. So let's follow along here with me. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours, by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, seeing that His divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. For by these He has granted to us His precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. So when we look at this greeting that Peter writes to the audience, he writes to those, okay? Who are they? If we go back to 1 Peter, we would find that they were believers in Pontus, our church at Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. And those are regions. Those are not necessarily cities. Those are regions that he's writing to. So he's writing to a broad band. If that second letter then, it is that he's writing to them again. It is the second letter. We're going to read that, and, and that's out of 3.1 that he's writing to them. More importantly, it's this understanding. He's writing to those, he's writing to those who have received a faith that comes from believing in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, believing that He is the Son of God, believing that He died on the cross for them, believing that His death on the cross, the shedding of His blood, pays the price for our sins, the price that you and I could not pay, and believing that He rose from the grave and is alive today. 
Peter works through all of that, but that's who he's writing to, is fellow believers. If I were going to sum it up in a short phrase, fellow believers. And so when I read this letter, if you are a fellow believer, if you are a believer in Christ, even though you're separated by centuries of time, by years and years and years, this letter still pertains to you and I. Because you and I need that reminder. We live in a world that's corrupted by lust, do we not? Yeah, we live, we, we live in that same world that they lived in. Yeah, we got electricity, we got running water. They, they didn't have those things. We got iPhones, we got satellites, all that stuff we have. But it's still, when you break it down, it's us trying to live as Christians, which is not natural for us. We were born in sin, lived in sin. That's our default, and we go back to that. We want to live, we live in that world corrupted by lust, and we were part of it. And so our tendencies are to default back to that. And so we need to be reminded of who we are, who we are. Now, in this introduction, as we proceed through the verses, he talks about knowledge. You and I know that knowledge is key, right? We've heard that phrase, knowledge is key. You need an education. You need to have knowledge. You need to know things, right? It, 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 you know, th that's what we were brought up with. And we were brought up with the, I was brought up with having a set of Encyclopedia Britannicas on the shelf that you were supposed to sit down and read. Now you just ask Google what it is, all right? But you had to look it up back in the day. Knowledge is key. We pay a lot to gain knowledge. Have any of you looked at what a college education is lately? It's more than your first house, right? I mean, it's expensive. We pay a lot to gain knowledge because knowledge is important for our future. That's how we, we, we look at it. You need this education. You need this knowledge so that you can have a future. You need this knowledge so that your life will go well. When Peter talks about knowledge... It's just not any old knowledge. Because you can have knowledge of a lot of things. I don't have knowledge on, on medicine. That's why I have to go see a doctor or go to the ER, right? Because I don't know how to do those things. And I, I, I'm not trustworthy enough of, of teledoc or of, the, 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 of looking it up on the internet. I want somebody that knows how to do it to fix it. And so there's different kinds of knowledge and so he's not speaking of a general knowledge, but he's speaking of the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus. That's the particular kind of knowledge that he's telling his readers to have, to seek after. That's the kind of knowledge that he wants us to have. So in this corrupted world of, that's corrupted by lust, that's not the message we get, is it? This is a message that needs to be reminded. We know this. We inherently knew this when we came to Christ because that knowledge of what He did on the cross was important for us. We relish that knowledge because it sets us free from our sins. But what happens is, is all of a sudden we think that knowledge is, is not that important. Now, as we get knowledge, knowledge always produces something. I look around in our midst, we have some people that are going to college. They're going to get a degree. And the degree is not just a degree in I went to college. Their degree has something to do with the field that they have chosen. And so out of that knowledge that they have in that particular field, what do they hope that it produces? A job. You're hoping, if it's your kid, that it produces a job. Because you enjoyed them living at home, but you don't plan on living there forever. right? So, so you want them to get out and get a job and start their own life. Knowledge produces something. What does the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord produce? What does that knowledge produce? Because it produces something. Does it produce a job? Does it produce... What does it produce? As Peter writes this letter, as we work through those verses, we see that this knowledge of Him, of God, and of Jesus 
produces grace and peace. Produces grace and peace. What's our world looking for? Ever since I can remember, we've been looking for peace. You know, it, it was the peace sign. It was all those people singing together in a Coke commercial. The, the, you know, or the Pepsi commercial, hands all over the world or whatever that was. We're looking for it, but we're looking for it absent of God. We're looking for it absent of Jesus. If we want real peace, if we want grace, that comes through knowledge of God and through Jesus. We don't have peace until we are at peace with God. Because of our sin, we cannot have that peace. Because the Scripture tells us that we are an enmity. We are, we are, are, are an enemy of God at that point. We stand in opposition to Him. When we get the knowledge that we don't have to stand in that place, on the opposite side of the, the debate, that we can have things fixed because of Jesus. Because God, for God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son, right? That whosoever, whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's what we're looking for, that peace that we can have that only comes through the knowledge of Jesus. It's not just a head knowledge about Him. It is a heart knowledge that changes who we are. So that, that, that knowledge, we, we talked about missionaries. Missionaries in, in foreign lands. Missionaries in places of darkness. Missionaries in places where, where churches are not a thing. Where they worship something else. The Hindu or whatever it might be that they worship. And it's a place of darkness. They don't know about Jesus. They're not going to get saved. They're not going to heaven in the, in the current state that they're at. They need what? They need knowledge of Jesus Christ. They need knowledge of God sending His Son and what His Son did on their behalf on the cross because of their sins. And they need knowledge that He's no longer in the grave. Everybody they worship either doesn't exist or they're dead and gone. They need knowledge. Of that. So what do they need? What do we need to do? We need to send missionaries there so they can hear that story. So that knowledge can bring them the grace and the peace that they lack. We have friends and family members who we sat around with who need this knowledge so they can come to know Jesus as the Lord and Savior. That's what happens when you get that knowledge then you can have that grace and peace. And then it says, you get with this grace and knowledge, what does it produce? Everything pertaining to life and godliness. That's eternal life. Okay, that's eternal life. Partakers of the divine nature. It means that we get to become Christ-like. That's that reminder. As, as Peter writes this letter, he writes this letter to remind us our goal is not to become like Steve Jobs. Our, our goal is not to become like Bill Gates. Our goal is not to become like some political figure or some athletic figure. Our goal is to be Christ-like. That's our goal. That's our goal, to be who God has called us to be. He has given us that knowledge. He gives us everything pertaining to life and godliness. We get to be partakers of the divine nature. We, get to, we, we don't get to be God, but we get to be Christ-like. That's what that knowledge produces. A transformed life is what he's aiming at. You see, once we gain the knowledge, our life should not stay the same. If you learn that the burner on the stove is too hot to touch and it causes damage to you when you put your hand on there, knowledge says you're not going to touch it again. You're going to be a changed person. But I'm telling you that we often keep going back to the fire. We keep getting burned. 
Knowledge ought to teach us to have a transformed life. And that's what Peter, when we walk through this book of 2 Peter, these short three chapters, it is a reminder that our life ought to be transformed. It ought to be different than it was before. I want to ask you a question. How many of you have a, a smartphone? Okay. How many of you have a, a, a computer, right? How many of you have a car with lots of buttons on it? I'm going to ask you this question. Do you use it, I mean, do you use it to, to its fullest ability? No. You, you, some of you are just using it, you know, I'll be honest. It's great for calling people and taking calls, texting people and, and checking the weather. I'm old now. You know, and I love it because I can do something my dad can't do. I can check it hour by hour. And I don't have to wait for it to show up on the, in the paper or on the TV screen. We don't, I want you to think about this. We don't fully embrace what we've become in Christ. We don't fully enjoy a walk with Him. Because here's what happens with most of us. We, we, we get saved. And that's all that we think that knowledge is good for. So we've used it for what we need out of it. And then we park it on the shelf because I don't need that knowledge until I die and I'm not planning on doing that today. That's how we use our relationship with Christ. But in this, this reminder, He tells us that He has given us everything. This reminder that it is everything. The Gospel, that faith that we have, that live like Jesus. This is the stuff we have. It is that reminder that we, we have everything. We live in a world of discontent. And they like to keep it that way. Because... The phone that you have now is plenty capable of doing every, more than you can use, right? But how many of you will replace it when the new one comes out? Because it does more stuff. And you have to, you look at, well, this one doesn't take as good of pictures as the last one. And I've taken five since I got it. So I need a new one. And so we walk through this, we walk through life knowing that we have to get something new. We have to do something new. The old has to be replaced and we, we live in that discontent because what we have doesn't satisfy that. I want you to understand that as Peter writes this, he's writing for a purpose, but he's telling you that in that knowledge of Jesus and of God and of the Scripture, you and I have everything we need pertaining to life and godliness. In other words, we have everything we need to walk this life, to become Christ-like, to be the person that God wants us to be. We have already, Jesus Christ has already paid the price so that we can go to heaven. There's nothing else that we need to do, short of dying, to get there. We don't need to add good works to it. Good works come out of that transformation. It is not part of the process by which we work to get saved. And that's what, we, as we walk through 2 Peter, we see that people tell us that Jesus isn't enough. That you need something else. And in their time, they would come into the church and tell them, that, oh yeah, you got faith, but you need to add these things to it. You need, you need to get circumcised. You need to wear a black hat, and whatever it might be. But they added stipulations to it. In other words, what they were saying is that Jesus was not enough. We live in a world that does the same thing. We live in a world that tells us that we can have happiness living for Jesus. We gotta do other things. We gotta have other things. We live in this world that tells us over and over again that we cannot be content. But yet the scripture tells us, Paul tells us, that I can be content in whatever situation. You see, we have everything. My phone can't do everything. 
It can't get me from one place to another. But I have everything I need pertaining to life and godliness in Jesus Christ. I need to understand more about him so that I understand that he died for more than just getting me to heaven. He died so that I might live a transformed life, so that his glory might shine through my life to a world that's corrupted by lust, to a world that needs delivered from that corruption. I want you to think about that. As we walk through this, see that we, when you hold that Bible in your hand, it is more than salvation. It gives you direction from day, for day-to-day life. Not just Sunday, but every other day, every other year, every other month. Here's the action steps that I'd like you to take. These are the things I want you to think about. In other words, when I read this, what do I need to do with this? How are you going to grow in this knowledge? How are you going to grow in this knowledge? And what, what practical ways can I learn more about God and about Jesus. The obvious is to read your Bible. And I, I, you know, if you have the Bible app, if you opened it up yesterday, it immediately took, it's been immediately taking you to a reading plan for the year. We have the Have You Read that we'll show at the end of the end of this the the, the, the service today. We don't have to read the whole Bible through because I'm going to guess some of you aren't reading any of it. So if you just start with some, that would be in a better place than you've been before. I know right now the focus is most of the time because what does our world tell us? We need to get healthy. I'm telling you that the more important than your physical health is your spiritual health. So you're going to have to figure out if this knowledge is all that Peter says that it is, if it's everything and you haven't lived, you haven't been living like it's everything, then you and I need to, we need to get into God's word to understand exactly what Peter's talking about. How can Peter say it's everything? Why does he say that? When you get into the scripture, you'll discover that. So how are you going to grow in this knowledge? What change will the knowledge bring? Because guess what? Knowledge produces. What will the knowledge change? If you exercise and diet, you know that's going to change a couple things in your life. It may be, not, it may be your cholesterol level. It may be, uh, may be your heart condition, your weight, whatever it might be. You know that it's going to produce results. That's why you are doing that. What will the knowledge found in, in the Scripture of God and of Jesus, produce? What will it produce? Hopefully, the obvious, the big overall umbrella is that it will produce in you a, a person that's more godly. A person that's more godly. Is there more to the relationship than just salvation? That ought to be an easy answer, yes. But I hope that you will take that question and expound upon that. This is, this, if I'm your teacher... I know that you want to answer yes, but I want this in paragraph form. Okay, I want you to work that out. If, it, if the answer is yes, then what is behind that? What is, the more, what is more to the relationship than just salvation? Because you and I need to understand that because we're not going to create disciples. Disciples are the ones that are learning about God on an ongoing basis, Right? What we're gonna, what we're gonna, we're gonna produce, is card-carrying Christians. Yeah, I got saved, and I'm a member at such and such church. What's that church look like? Well, I know I haven't been there for 50 years. Okay, we don't want to produce card-carrying. We want to produce people that are in the Scripture. That people are in the Scripture enough that when they begin to have a conversation, they can't help but bring up something they just read in the Scripture. That needs to be you and I. We need to work on growing in our knowledge. We need to work on the change that that knowledge produces. And then we need to go beyond the mere relationship that produces salvation. When you got saved, when you got saved, you were regenerated, you were justified. And you are now in the process of sanctification. I'm telling you that when I started going to church as a kid, 
I thought that by the time I got a car, I had graduated from enough Sunday school lessons that I knew everything that I needed to do. Because that's the world that we live in. You don't graduate as a, as a Christian. Sanctification begins when you get saved and ends when you get glorified. It begins at your birth as a Christian and ends when He takes you home. That's what sanctification... You're in that process. So that means you're in this process, or ought to be, in this process of learning about Him, of growing closer to Him, of discovering that there is more to this relationship. It's an ongoing, daily walk with Him that changes who you are and how you look at the world. We're going to give the invitation. I'm going to ask you to stand. Adam's going to come and, and lead us. And in this invitation, I want to give you the opportunity to respond. And, and I'm just going to say this. You, some of you have made commitments to do whatever. If you need to make a commitment to grow in this knowledge, you can come down and pray and, and, and say that commitment to Him. Here's what I would encourage you to do is to take somebody with you. Because sometimes we need somebody to walk beside us. Might be somebody in your class, might be your friend. But I want to grow in knowledge. Will you help me grow in knowledge? And when you help me, you'll grow too. When we, I, want to, I want to bring about change in my life. Uh, I need to be more godly tomorrow than I am today. I need to be more Christ-like tomorrow than I am today. Make those commitments. And then make that commitment to share the gospel with somebody else. Let's sing. I have a maker. He formed my heart. Before even time began, my life was in His hand. I have a Maker. He formed my heart. Before even time began, my life was in His hands. He knows my name. He knows my every thought. He sees each tear that falls and hears me when I call. I have a father. He calls me his own. He'll never leave me, no matter where I go. my name. He knows my every thought. He sees each tear that falls and hears me when I call. He knows my name. falls and hears me when I call. Isn't that wonderful? He knows my every thought and he still loves me. He sees each tear that falls. He hears me when I call. So remember that as you walk out of here. Um, I want to pray for you guys and then we'll show you the, the have you read scripture.
Father, we, we thank you that you know our name. You knew our name before we knew our name. You knew our name centuries before we existed. You know the tears. You know why they fall. Father, I pray that, Lord, we would put our trust in you. Father, that we would call out to you first. Seek you out first, Lord. Father, go with us, Lord. Help us to grow in knowledge of you. Help that relationship, that knowledge to change who we are. In Jesus' name, amen. So to have you read, we're in 2 Kings, first two chapters, Jeremiah 45 and 46, Acts 9 and 10, and Matthew 9 and 10. I encourage you to read along. On Wednesday night, if you look on Facebook, there will be videos. If you look on our website, the videos will be posted there. And we have also have a YouTube channel. So there's three ways to get it. So I encourage you to watch them. They're only about two to three minutes long. Try to keep it short. And uh, visit with one another. Have a great day.